1: She is an ordained spiritualist minister, academic director of metaphysics, and an archpriestess of Isis through the Fellowship of Isis. She has authored 15 books, most recently The Ancient Tradition of Angels, which is what we're going to talk about. And she's just put out the revised edition of Awakening Osiris which was first published 35 years ago and has become a spiritual classic. We might wander into that book, too. Her forte is uh, work in ancient Egyptian mysticism, and she leads trips to Egypt with Two Ladies Travel Company twice a year, I think you said, right? Mm Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Welcome to the show, Normandy. So glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. Uh, tell me how you got into angels. What awakened you to the angelic realm?
2: Well, I grew up um, in the Episcopal Church, surrounded by all of my Catholic aunts <laughs> who were very into angels. So my whole life, I knew about the angels. And um we would say prayers to the angels and so on, but I didn't have a real experience of that until um, around the Harmonic Convergence time. I think that was 1988. And uh, my friend Jesse and I climbed up a mountain near where I lived in Boulder, Colorado. And we climbed up to the top of the mountain and looked out over the plains And uh, this was just before dawn. And all of a sudden, before the sun rose up, I could see this golden mountain of light rising up off the horizon. And I could see that it was filled with uh, castles and filled with angelic beings. And I thought, you know, I must be losing my mind. But Jesse pokes me and goes, do you see that do you see that and I thought yeah we see it we we both okay. saw the same thing it was really great and then right, you had a witness <laughs> yeah, yeah otherwise you know the yeah but, um yeah so and then I've had other experiences with um angels most recently I was in an auto accident and um you know the uh sideswiped by an 18 wheeler, and I thought yeah. oh that's not good. Uh, it pushed me over into the median. Um, I wasn't hurt, but the car was badly damaged. I get out of the car, and about that time, I you know this cloud flies over me, and I see this white feather falling down right in front of me, and I thought, okay, that's how I made it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Once you saw the um, that um, the light, you know, coming up in Boulder outside of Boulder
2: yeah, the city what of gold your,
1: yeah, what changed in your life? Um,
2: well, I certainly began to see that uh, I, I was I was witnessing something totally spectacular, totally uh, beyond any kind of kin that I had understood before. That's what we call it down here in the south, beyond my kin, beyond my understanding. And um, so I wanted to know more about what that was. Now at the time I was, that was during a period of time right before I translated the Egyptian uh, Book of the Dead, and it was just before that. So it's kind of like the two incidences coincided. One was Egyptian, one was the angels. But it got stronger and stronger the more I was, being ordained as a minister. Um, and I was studying all the different religions. And one of the things that I understood was that every single religion, no matter what they agree or disagree on, they all have angels. And um, my I understanding. Did, yeah, dissertation I did my, on it? Yeah. On angels, right. Um, and so I, my understanding became such that the angels. I understood we were a language of light. In fact, our bodies, I came to understand, are a language of light. Um, we are different species from the angels, but we are all light bodies. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I decided to study them in all the different traditions that I could. And
1: all of the traditions have angels.
2: Yes, they all do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is an angel?
2: Good question. Um, An angel is a state of consciousness. In my opinion, an angel is a state of consciousness. You know, when we read back in the Bible and God says, God makes the angels, he makes the world, and then he makes people. And then he says to the angels, we have made men like us. They are like us meaning of light so angels are of light we are of light and they are no further from our consciousness than a thought Um, the poet mary oliver said uh the um the only time you'll see you'll never see an angel is if you never have an angel in your head that's what she says you have to believe in them you have to feel like you know what was that and um, mm-hmm. I really think that's true, you know, that they are a state of consciousness, uh, just like, if you will, my cats and my dogs are a state of consciousness. They're not human. They're a different species, but the the angels are a different species, but they're still living beings that are a state of consciousness.
1: Um, I kind of do think that you can see an angel without believing in angels. <laughs>
2: Without well, if you they're know? gonna slap you upside <laughs> the head,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just you know, I think it's when something happens so is that is so beyond as you said, your kin, you know that that is just yeah. beyond comprehension. You've got nowhere else to go. That, yeah, that's <laughs> but to true. an angel, you know, yeah. So I I kind of do think so, but um. You, uh, you went through, and every religion has angels, but they're all very hierarchical. And that's they're the all thing that yeah. Yeah, I, they I was are. I up Catholic, and that's very hierarchical, you know. Right.
2: But, you know, with. um, So the nine you know, levels of the angels in the Catholic yeah, tradition. And right. what we think of as, oh, high angels, archangels are really at the lower tier. You know, some of the angels are so high that they are simply um, uh, like Metatron. He's a geomet- He appears as a geometric being. You know, he doesn't necessarily appear winged. So that's kind of interesting.
1: And how high is he? Met- oh, he's pretty Metatron. high.
2: He's right up there. He's, he's yeah. hanging out with the big dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well,
1: what gets me... Is the human emotions in this hierarchy, and it's everywhere from God through the angels. There's jealousy, there's anger, there's revenge, there's you know. um, You talk about when when angels said, "Well, they shouldn't be like us," and
0: God just
2: destroyed them. (laughs) Right? He said, "What do you mean?"
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's like, I'm not going to bow down and worship them. I'm not going to, you know, put them on my radar. So, and I think a lot of that also has to do with, you know, uh, the Zoroastrians had this belief that there were good spirit beings and bad spirit beings and that they were made at the same time. And it really, if we understand natural law, it's based on the law of polarity. You can't have one without the other, you know, and it is through having both of them that we come to understand our place in the universe in terms of mastering our uh, distempers with our willpower and prayer, you know.
1: Now, I thought, too, that that was a human condition, the polarity, the duality, and that when you got to the other side, it wasn't there. It but goes we're talking all the way through.
2: A, yeah. It <laughs> goes it all there. the way through. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. We yeah. have
2: made them like us, you know? Well,
1: that's what always struck me, again, in the Catholic Church. It was like man was made in the image and likeness of God. And I always thought, nah, I think God was made in the image and likeness of man, <laughs> you know, by us. <laughs> you know? Well, there we is could, that. We created this whole <laughs> person you know this whole person that looks like us and all of that but um back to the angels you know the angels even though we talk polarity and and duality with angels when they went to god and said they shouldn't be like us they were just voicing an opinion and they were destroyed for an opinion
2: which means
1: there's quite the ego up there (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, and we didn't think there was, you know, but yeah. uh, Thomas Aquinas really was trying to figure that whole thing out. He was trying to decide if the angels were pure, if the angels were, you know. Um, but I think the closer I got to studying uh, Eliezer ben Judah of Worms, this rabbi from the, the Middle Middle Ages, he he kind of saw that they went both ways. You know, that the angels were both good and well-intentioned and uh, had some personal beefs about things, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so he, when he was talking with his students about the angels, he advised them not to try to um, uh, pray to the angels to get the angels to do something, you know. Like a lot of people use angels as if they were their personal messengers.
1: Right, um, personal assistants, yeah. <laughs>
2: right, <laughs> exactly. And he said, don't do that, you know, because that was, as you say, what the angels objected to, mm-hmm. right? And um, so there's this story that's kind of interesting where he had these couple of students and they wanted to go over uh, across the river and visit some other metaphysician on the other side of the river, And uh, Eliezer said, don't go. And if you do go, don't invoke the angels for your protection. You just have to go by yourself and your own wits, you know. Mm -hmm. And so they said, okay. Uh, And they were about to get robbed. And so they called on the angels and the angels appeared and the people were so frightened that they left them alone. And so they came back after drinking a few beers on the other side of the river. Ha, 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 look what we did, you know. And Eliezer went, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not how you do it. You know, you go back and get the information you want, but do not invoke the angels. You have Mm -hmm. to do it by your own wits. Uh, And so they went back, invoked no angels, and the robbers saw them and said, hey, their band's not with them, and so they killed them. It's <laughs> like oh yeah so
1: why yeah <laughs> why not invoke the angels at that point i mean when well, that was your choice live or die
2: <laughs> right because you get into the habit of invoking the angels for for piddly little things and again you're using them as your own personal assistance and the angels that was their whole objection for mm-hmm. not wanting to create humankind you know uh we're not going to bow down to them. We don't want to protect them. Your whole point in making them God, my father, is so that they will become smart enough to survive mm-hmm. and work in your power and in your world in a correct way. So, in it other words, not good, though. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look where we are now. Exactly.
1: It doesn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the same time, if they don't want to do it, why do they show up?
2: Mm, because that's their agreement. Just like, uh-huh. why do we show up in our physical form? Because that's our agreement. Yeah.
1: But you they know. didn't want to agree to it. so No, they God didn't want basically, to. basically, yeah, made them agree to it. Mm-hmm. So they are at our beck and call. They are. They are.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um not happily so, but they are. Not
2: always happily. Some of them are wonderful, you know, and they will do anything for you. You know, um one of the things I was thinking about was um because I wanted to talk to you about this was um Mm -hmm. oh Edgar Casey used to Mm -hmm. channel Michael, you know, the archangel Michael. And Mm -hmm. the Archangel Michael was this beautiful angel that would talk to uh, Casey's people and tell them all about the spirit world and what they needed to do to protect themselves and so on. And then one time this angel named Haliel showed up and Mm -hmm. he channeled Haliel and Haliel had a much darker message of of, uh, foreboding things that were going to happen to the earth. And he yeah. was warning people about it. And Casey's people said, don't bring that guy back. He made us feel bad. <laughs> you know, but the st- if you yeah. read what he said, what Halliel said, we're in it right now. You know, mm. and it was like, okay, well, you didn't want to know. But. And what did he say? Well, oh, he, he gave messages of, of, um leaders that were in conflict with each other fireballs you know that mm-hmm. were going to fall from the sky on on people um you know a lot of people were diseases were used as weapons i mean we're going through mm-hmm. it right now Right. so and yeah. earth upheaval or hmm? did he talk about earth upheaval earth's upheaval yeah he did yeah he talked about the earth upheaval he talked about uh, the end times, That's too frightening to think about, you know.
1: Okay, we're not going there, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but so this basically information if... is still something that's out there that you can look at. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So basically, we just said we don't want to know and went into denial, and that was it? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. Bring back the happy guy? <laughs> Bring back
2: happy angel, right? right. Um, I think I think that that's been a problem all along. You know, if the truth of the matter is that angels are a state of consciousness, you know, we are contributors to that consciousness of God simply mm-hmm. by being here. But if we deny knowing what we know, then that puts us all in in trouble. I guess, mm-hmm. so
1: all including the angels or just human race
2: well human i'm I meant human, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: right, right um, do angels have free will?
2: I've heard that, well, that's a good question, and I have heard that they do not. That's why they had to obey God and take care of us.
1: Well I thought it was they were obeying God because the first two that contradicted him were gone. They well, just disappeared.
2: <laughs> well, that's true um, and it, I guess that means you know if you if you thought you were gonna die, if you did what you wanted to do, you wouldn't have free will. so I don't think they I don't think they technically had free will. Um, however, there's that story about the angels that fall down. And right. mate with the women of earth and create this giant race called the Nephilims. Um, and they were the outcasts of heaven. And so they create this giant race of Nephilims. And the Nephilims, um, you know, they're kind of bloodthirsty giants. They eat people, they, you know, don't take care of the place. They leave their McDonald's wrappers all over, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, those were the ones that moses and moses knew about them and noah knew about them and god came down and said noah build that boat we're going to get rid of these nephilim so that's why he built that boat how they couldn't swim (laughs) well apparently not high and not not well enough they must have been really heavy (laughs) yeah yeah but again
1: you know I I always think of, well, if God is all powerful, why did he need to build a boat? (laughs) Why did he, you know, why didn't he just like what he did with the angels that said, I don't think this is a good idea to create humans and, you know, poof, they were gone. Why didn't he do that with the, you know, those giant angels?
2: It's kind of like you need to make an example. You need to make an example of someone
1: and right, that was which is fear,
2: me. putting the fear into them, the fear of the Lord that's right,
1: right, but, but then again, we're back to human emotion, mm-hmm. and that human emotion includes God, yes, this is what yes. I have trouble with, yeah, <laughs> this is the yeah. part I have trouble with right is you know,
2: um. Well, those angels show up as humans, you know, they show up at Abraham's house and uh, they eat his food. They eat the food that Abraham's wife made. And um, then he says, okay, you got to go with us because we got to get your cousin out of, was he in Gomorrah or Sodom? I can't remember. I think he was in Gomorrah Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, because they're doing bad things over there and we got to tell your cousin to leave. And so basically the cousin didn't listen to him. But Mm -hmm. um, one of them delivered a message and then disappeared. One of them walked with them to protect them and then disappeared. And then the other angel gave the message to Lot and his family and uh, convinced Lot to come and told them not to look back. But Lot's wife did, and we know what happened to her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's an odd story.
1: So the pillars of salt, because, you know, so I'm coming from Catholic background, so I know uh, the story, but right. a, a lot of our listeners may not know the story. That's so, true. You know, you want to just go through it briefly and
2: so that they understand. Oh, it. okay. Yeah. So basically he told them that they needed to pack everything. Um, And yeah, that's a really a weird story. I don't, quite get it it is weird Um, yeah (laughs) because lot seemed to think not that they were angels but that they were human beings however Mm -hmm. angels can appear as human beings they can appear as light they can appear as geometric shapes and they can appear as human beings and so these angels appeared as human beings and they came to abraham and then they came to lot and they said okay you need to pack your bags and let's get out of here and the people of the city, Sodom and Gomorrah, were pounding on the door trying to get in because they saw the angels were just beautiful creatures, and they wanted them for sexual reasons. Oh, okay. And so, you know, it was like, <laughs> this is the part of the story I don't get. Uh, Lot said, "We'll take my daughter's. But leave the angels alone. <laughs> I guess it's because uh, they knew that they wouldn't go after the daughters because they weren't of that persuasion. Anyway, and that so beautiful, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, the family left, uh, but his wife kind of liked where they were living, and she didn't want to leave. She liked the food, the wine, the the luxuries that life provided her in this particular place where they lived. And so as they were leaving, you know, Lot looks straight ahead and keeps going, tells his daughters, don't look back. And his wife stops at the top of the hill and looks back and turns into a pillar of salt. Which so is
1: odd. yeah. Yeah. It's an well, odd story. I never quite got that story myself. Why salt? And then salt will tears. Eventually dissipate.
2: Yeah, the oh. tears, the regret. Oh, okay. The tears. Yeah, and they turned yeah. her into salt. I think it was more of a metaphoric thing.
1: Oh, okay, so. good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's
2: like, what, what
1: is that? <laughs> <laughs> um the 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 free will thing to me is inconsistent with angels. You know, because mm-hmm. there are times of the fallen angels, as we've said, the ones that contradicted God saying, well, I don't think this is a good idea. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. did they have free will, you know, to say that they had to have?
2: They had free will to say that up to a point. And then. Mm-hmm.
1: But they had they free were-
2: will to think it.
1: because <laughs> then, then they were the no more.
2: His group. <laughs> Don't say anything. <laughs> right. They said, don't say yeah. anything. Shh. And I yeah. think it was, um, it was coming down to the very last angels, you know, like uh, Michael and Raphael and Gabriel and asking them if they would go, you know, God asked them, this is a Jewish story. God asked one of the angels to go and get some earth, uh, mm-hmm. some clay from the God of the earth. And uh, so he went and he said, well, he's not going to give you any clay to make angels. And he said, well, go back and ask him again. And he came back empty handed and he goes, poof, you know, (laughs) so uh, none of the other angels wanted to go. But right. (laughs) Yeah. But Gabriel said, I'll go. So he goes, he brings it back. He brings back the earth and God makes the earth into a human. okay, and Mm -hmm. blows his breath into it and, you know. Um, and so that angel became one of God's favorites and always became the messenger on earth. Gabriel, he's the one who so appears. Why most didn't the Bible. earth want to give the clay? Uh, because he said, I, you're going to you're going to be sorry. Don't do this. You are going to be sorry. You have no idea. He's telling God you have no idea what but they say. This is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What this is going to cause you know Mm -hmm. but god goes yes i do and i asked you to do this you know so he kind of in some way cursed the earth for not obeying him
1: so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. so here we are and here we are yeah you know what i'm gonna take a break right now okay and when we come back we're going to talk about the differences with the angels okay we'll be right back
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit a view through the veil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career, and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us Today. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to A View Through the Veil at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: Hi, this is Barb Crowley, and we're back with Normandy Ellis, and we were talking about angels. And we're gonna. We've been talking about angels. Do they have free will? Don't they? I'm. I'm. Have to admit, I'm one of the people who are confused by angels, and part of it is Catholic background. I am sure, you know? um, but it seems so hierarchical to me, and so many of them have human emotions, so they must be someplace in between the earth and god this is what i think they're the in between does that
2: make sense yeah um yeah you could think of them as the in between realm um there's this idea that they are beings of light and mm-hmm. as beings of light they move uh, according to the speed of light so you can think about an angel and it's there it's right there you know that's why you know invoking them is so uh, exciting because it's like the minute i think about the angels there they are um mm-hmm. i think that uh part of that is because um the way light works if they are made of light and we are made of light uh and our thoughts are um electrical light impulses okay mm-hmm. That's how we call them is through our thoughts. Okay. Now your thought traveling at the speed of light. I mean, it's even more than the speed of light. There is no distance in time or space. An angel could be on the other side of the cosmos and you think of it and he's right beside you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so does he have to be? Does he have to be? He just is. Yeah, yeah. yeah he just is.
1: But I mean, Um, what if he's doing something else?
2: (laughs) Well, he's got, he's got, there are lots of, let's go back (laughs) to the idea of them not being entities, but being thought forms of light. Mm -hmm. They are thought forms of light, not necessarily entities. They are living light bodies, just the same way that we are living light bodies. You know, our DNA, our Um, the atoms, the uh, electrons that move through our bodies are moving and commanded to move through the thought processes that are set in place in us. You know how people can think about, I'm so tired. I don't want to get up anymore. I'm tired of living. That thought process spins down into the level of your DNA in your body. Mm -hmm. And so, keeping your energy up has to do with your thought processes. Everything that we do is the law of thought. You know, Uh, Mm -hmm. God himself is when I pray and invoke God, I say, Oh, divine creative intelligence. I'm talking about the power of the mind to create. Uh, And it created me and it created the angels and it created us at the same time. And, um, there is no difference between us except for the form the same way that there's no difference between, uh, the, the consciousness of any other creature that lives except for its form, you know, but, but it, it, it is does all seem it,
1: to be hierarchical.
2: It like is hierarchical. Is, yeah. It is hierarchical. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and the angels
2: are above us
1: or that depends on uh, who we're talking to. <laughs>
2: I don't like to think above us. I say they have different uh, functions. Functions. They have different functions and different agendas than we do. Same way the flowers have different agendas than we do. We're not above the flowers. Mm
1: -hmm. What is the function of the angels?
2: Well, uh, they have three things. To uh, protect humankind. uh, To protect God's creation. To deliver messages to and from, you know, above and below. So up the ladder and down the ladder to deliver the messages. And then the third one is to sing God's praises. Those are the three functions.
1: Don't you wonder about the ego of God that needs
2: to be praised? I think it keeps him alive. It's like watering your flowers, you know. So the vibration. Or feeding feeding is... your, your little bird that's got its little mouth open and you have to feed your little bird or feed your kitties or, you know, it has mm-hmm. to have. It lives on the praises. It lives on the thought forms. It lives on the vibration. On the vibration. Yeah, there's, there's stories of um, <clears throat> angels that stand on the cliff uh, above the the valley. And when they see the sun come up in the east, they all rush to the cliff and begin to sing so that they can raise the sun up, so that they can bring the light up. And it's basically they're praising the glory of God and bringing the light up into the world. And I think that's a really beautiful image.
1: That is. Are we angels when we get rid of body or even with the body? Are we angels? Well, I
2: think that's a That's a question that a lot of people ask me that. Uh, When you die, you know, when I die, will I become an angel? Um, There are only two beings that have ever become an angel, you know. Uh, And one of them was Elijah. Mm -hmm. And the other one was, who's the other great angel? Elijah was... um, Sandalfall, no. See, it's Elijah and Isaiah, and um, one was Sandalfall, and one was became Metatron. They were, you know, like Jesus was assumed after death, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't die, and they became angels. However, most angels are just angels, and we're just people, and dogs are just dogs. But we're all beings of light. So we
1: can't change over. They mm. they can't become human and we can't become
2: angels? No. So it's no. a different species. It's a different species. I can't become an E.T. either. Speaking
1: of E.T.s, any chance <laughs> that angels are E.T.s?
2: Well I think a lot of people um a lot of people would say that they are because uh, they're extraterrestrial. They're beyond the terrestrial realm, so they don't—they aren't from around here. Whether they're from Venus or Mars or Jupiter or Sirius is a different question. Um, they have habitats here on Earth, and they have habitats in other places as well. I don't know if that answers your question or not. You know, like, have you? Do you know Madame Blavatsky talked about the Ascended Masters and so on, the no, Seven Rays and the Ascended that. Masters? Oh, this is theosophical thing, mm-hmm. um, and they were kind of are the Ascended Masters, angels. And um, somebody asked, I don't know if it was her or C. W. Leadbeater, but he answered, "Not yet." So he said they well, were. So working.
1: they're working their way up, too. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Even the Mahatma Gandhas are working their way up. Yeah. Um, They do talk about
1: um, the seven, in your book, you talk about the seven heavens with ladders in between. Yes. What is that about?
2: Um, There are, okay, so let's just think about, here we are right now at the I don't know all seven, to tell you the truth, but Mm -hmm. here we are on earth. And when we pass and leave our bodies behind, we go into the astral world. Mm -hmm. Um, We go into the Egyptians would call it the, uh, you know, it's a metaphysical other world than us. But there are worlds beyond that. There are worlds in which. Uh, beings can live that are that are nothing more than thought forms, which are closer to what the angels are. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there are beings that are um, emotionally connected. You know, they live in an emotional realm. And I would say beings that are primarily emotional usually have negative qualities, except for those that are beings of love and generosity, and so on. But beings of emotional, like jealousy and fearfulness and things like that, those are called the druge, and that's what the Zoroastrians would call them. They were the druge, and that was a plane in which the negative beings lived on.
1: Or the Zoroastrians. I I don't want to take you off point, but, you know, you've mentioned them
2: before. Oh, the Zoroastrians? Mm -hmm. Um, They are more of a there are still people who are Zoroastrian who are living on this planet and worship, worshiping um, the beings of, of Ahura Mazda. Uh, but the Zoroastrians followed the teachings of Zora, Zoroaster, um, and he he was kind of like a uh, more of a philosopher. As opposed to like a like a Mohammed, but he was um, you know Lao Tzu. You could think of as being more of a philosopher than a religious speaker. But there are a lot of religions that are based on on Lao Tzu's understanding. So Zoroaster is based on uh, the understanding of polarity, negative, positive, and negative energies, and they are precursors to. Um, what we think of as ideas of heaven and hell, the above and below. They came before us and they kind of made that separation and they kind of made the rules of don't do this because you'll end up here. Uh, Do this Mm -hmm. because you'll end up here. They're kind of the guys who set that in motion.
1: Yeah.
2: Which, um, so I'm going to go
1: back to the uh, seven heavens. Real quick, okay. sorry, I took you away from that. Oh, that's um, true.
2: But you know, every religion has seven heavens. They all have seven, and, and everything
1: has seven. Yeah, there's right. seven throughout. Three, there are a couple of threes, but
2: it's three right. and seven. It seems that's like. right. And what is that about? Seven is a is a mystical number. It's uh it's uh seven times three. Usually, you have three planes in each three levels in each plane and so you end up with 21 you know which mm-hmm. two plus one equals three so there you're back at threes again father right. mother holy spirit you know mm-hmm. um so anyway i i was mentioning that there were one two three i mentioned that was and then the fourth one is the spiritual plane and then there are higher levels above that um mm-hmm. that we don't really know much about those because we haven't been there yet yeah but they are angels and these that are up and for humans
1: there. they're not for yeah. angels
2: no they're for angels too oh they are okay yeah yeah don't know.
1: um <laughs> when somebody has a near-death experience ah. often they talk about being met by an angel
2: yes they do they do yeah
1: um, One told me she was wearing Eileen Fisher. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so well, what was, and what, what can I say? They're like, thought forms. I don't forms. know, like Eileen Fisher.
2: <laughs> yeah, they are thought forms. And so if you want to meet your, you know, your uh, your true beloved and, and have them come and meet you and you've never met them in your real life, that's that's who's going to meet you on the other side. Um, now there's an interesting story about this that I want to tell you about, and it's actually about the Mormons. Okay, so there was this group of uh, school children uh, in Utah, and there there was this couple named, I believe their name was the Cooks, uh, or something like that, a man and a woman, and they decided to take these children hostage, the whole classroom and declared that they were going to kill each one of them one at a time if their families didn't give them a million dollars for each child. Now, somehow they believed that these Mormons had money. I don't know. So they brought in this big uh, shopping cart of uh, explosives, and they wired it up, and, um, you know, the children were not afraid because they said angels or spirits came and told them you just go stand in that corner of the room and they they said to their teachers the angels have told us to go to the corner of the room over here on the left side and the teacher goes okay so everybody goes over there and they start praying you know Mm -hmm. and you know it's uh, stop your praying we don't want to hear that. Call yeah. your mom and dad. Tell the tell them what we said. Blah blah blah. And so finally this guy, uh, he has to go to the bathroom. <clears throat> so he hooks the string to all the explosives to his wife's hand and he leaves and goes out to pee. Mm-hmm. Right? And she has to scratch her nose. Yeah. Oh jeez. So the whole thing goes up. Boom, huge. There was enough dynamite, so the police said, in that basket that would have blown, you know, a hole in three city blocks. Of course, she absolutely caught on fire and died, but the Mm -hmm. children were saved in this corner. And when that happened, they ran out with their teachers. And how did they know? how to run out because everything was full of smoke and ash and dark. And um, they said that angels came and took their hands and led them outside. The angels did it. And so when their parents said to them, well, what did this angel look like? Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, you know, one of them would say, oh, she was really pretty. She had dark black hair. It was kind of curly, you know, and another one would say, oh, my angel had blonde hair and blue eyes, and they so they start describing these angels. And some of them just said, My angel was just light, you know. Mm-hmm. And um so they start showing them pictures of their ancestors, you know, who, who are a dark curly hair or blonde hair and blue eyes. And what yeah. they discovered is that the ancestors came, took their hands walked with them outside but the real angels who were just the body of light stood around the woman and instead of the dynamite going out those angels went up with it through the ceiling wow and that's a <laughs> that's a real story it's like wow. okay yeah yeah yeah
1: so so the angels got blown up or they just they just carried the, they, yeah. the
2: charge they carried the charge they carried
1: off. charge Yeah. Now, they had the angels and their ancestors come and protect them. But most of the time, we don't have angels coming to protect us. Right. Honestly.
2: (laughs) So someone said, why is that? It's a belief system. Mm -hmm. It was a total belief system by the children and their parents. They were taught that the angel Moriani, the great... Moriani whether you believe in Moriani or not they believed in Moriani and that Moriani had these bands of angels that were going to come and protect him in the same Mm -hmm. way that shaker children um, had angels that would come and work with them and do things the shaker children um, one time There was a story about the shakers where the children would start singing and dancing. You know, shakers were known to dance and do these things. And they started Mm -hmm. singing these songs and dancing. And their parents said, well, we didn't ever sing that song. Who taught you that? And they said, oh, the angels did. The children said the angels taught them how to sing those songs. Wow. Yeah. So So now,
1: is there any chance that the angels are actually thought forms that are they have made or are they actually entities that are outside of them?
2: Okay. So that's a really good question. (laughs) And the answer is, I don't know. But uh, let me tell you another story. Okay. This Mm -hmm. is about me. I had a dream one night. This was my dream that I was up in heaven somewhere with the angels i was surrounded by this oh well i'll call it a cauldron a big bubbling cook pot uh -hmm. they had plates of um film on top of it and they were in different geometric shapes and they were moving around on this soup it was cosmic soup and i was watching it and and um i realized that these were in the shapes of of uh, astrological patterns trines mm-hmm. and sextiles and squares and parallelograms and all of which have to do with the astrology. So I was looking in this pot and I, and, um, I was with all these angels who were around me and I said, oh, now that's a really interesting configuration. Mm-hmm. That person is going to do something with themselves. And the angels go, yes, indeed. Jump in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, yeah.
1: Wow, that's interesting. Did you? It jump is interesting.
2: In? It was, it was yeah. a fun dream.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God, it was fun and not a burden of. Oh my God, now I have to.
2: <laughs> well, there's part of that too. It. It's like I I knew that that some of those configurations were burdensome, but mm-hmm. the recognition when I woke up was that I chose it. Yeah, for a reason, you know. And the angels said it would be okay.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, the dark angels. Oh yeah. Well, now this might not be a dark angel, but the angel of death. Yeah, I mean that is throughout all religions, right? The angel of death will come to you at the time of death.
2: Right, and um, the the um. uh Islamic angel of death has uh, kind of like a pentagram or something drawn on his hand. It's like uh, metal filings and he holds it up and shows it to you and it draws your spirit out. Mm. And so that's how he does it.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: some of the angels uh, come and they give you ask you questions, you know, like who is your Lord and Master? And there's a story about this Jewish man where the angel of death comes and says to him, who is your Lord and master? And uh, the guy on his deathbed sits up and whacks the angel over the head with his newspaper and said, the same as yours. You go back and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I think I think the angels of death are are. Uh, there's this one beautiful picture. I think it's by Evelyn wog perhaps maybe no that's the author evelyn something it's in the book it's a picture of a a weary woman sitting on a rock by the side of the road and the angel comes over and looks in her eyes and takes her hand and you can just see that she's going to go so willingly and that the angels say you've made my job easy you know Mm -hmm um because you're so willing to go and because you believe and you love now some of the angels come in and um they'll take like a prophet you know who's who's ready to go but he's eaten too well and he can't die yet so <laughs> so he goes he goes over to see these two guys digging a grave and he goes Oh, now that's a really beautiful grave. That's going to be for somebody important. I wish my grave would look like that. And the angel says, "We'll just hop in, just like in my yeah. dream." <laughs> yeah. So. How about
1: the fearful ones? There, there are people that come back, or you know, near death, and they're very frightened by what again is it?
2: It's uh, the fearful angels are the ones that um come from our psyches they're the ones that uh, we're so not we're ready. projecting we're projecting yeah. we're not ready we have something undone you know mm-hmm. and so if you get that and you're on your deathbed time to make a change you know or time's out <laughs> or time's up yeah
1: yeah yeah how about uh why now are people so into angels? It seems like much more now than they've ever been. It feels like. I mean there were well, there are people that everything is about angels.
2: they yeah, a and whole I,
1: staff of angels.
2: <laughs> I think that it goes back to um you know, the whole idea of um oh, what is his name? The, Angel Peniel, the one I talked to you about before, mm-hmm. the angel that is uh, the one that protects us from <laughs> our being uh, misunderstandings human. <laughs> and from being human and all that, Yeah, our humanness has really messed a lot of stuff up. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, you know. Um, but, and I think that's why
1: people are just. When Earth said, "This isn't
2: going to go well," <laughs> this isn't going to go well, right? <laughs> yeah. And so they're kind of looking back to what do the angels? What can they do? What do we know that will help to save us? Now, there's a mm-hmm. book by an angel named Raziel, um, and Raziel is another of the the darker angels, angel of death, but he sits at God's um, table in heaven or you know right hand man and he writes down the secrets um Hmm. so he he um he basically has a book full of metaphysical laws you know he knows astrology numerology alchemy blah 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 all of that is in his book uh his book the book of raziel is also called the book of adam Mm -hmm. And that was the book that was given to Adam after he was kicked out of the garden of Eden. And Adam felt terrible. Like he was like, Oh my God, what have I done? You know, I had everything and now it's all lost. And I, he was just bereft. And so to make him feel better, God gave him this book, you know, and he said, here, these are the secrets of the universe. Here's a map. (laughs) Yeah. This is what you need to do to do it better and so he he said and don't tell anybody about it you know even the (laughs) angels don't know it right Mm -hmm. and so the angels come up to him and go hey adam i hear you got the book you know just read me a couple of pages so they're trying to convince him to read a few pages to him so he does because the angels have been good to him so boom god takes the book away and now Mm -hmm. and Adam is just horrified. I hate to say it, but he's kind of dumb, Adam. Yeah, he's pretty dumb. (laughs) He's
1: done it twice now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Peniel would really be mad at him. He throws Mm -hmm. himself into the river and he won't come out. He's turning into a prune. He's just all wrinkled up. And um, God says, come on out, come on out, you know, but don't do that again. So he gives him the book back. And the book is said to have passed down all the way to the time of Noah. Noah was the one who had all the instructions numerologically on how to build the ark, when to build the ark, etc. And then when it flooded, it washed it away. Yeah. So we got done from there. Yeah. Yep.
1: Okay. Very quickly. We only have a minute or two left.
2: What is the oh. quanta question?
1: Here's a big one and you get
2: <laughs> Yeah, well, we kind of alluded to it. The quanta question has to do with the fact that uh, one of the reasons we can't understand about angels is that um, because they're made of light, if you pass light through uh, a slit and project it onto a wall and you're watching it, it will move in an orderly pattern. Mm-hmm. and if you look away the light will become disorganized until you look at it again and then it moves back into an orderly pattern which is an example of how consciousness creates reality consciousness creates form otherwise it's just movement of light now having a quantum mechanics means that if any two beings particles of light whatever have ever been together at any time in universal cosmic history they will still resonate with each other no matter how far apart they are and that's that's not just a theoretical that's an absolute okay so we resonate to those angels because there's a part of it that was a part of us. Mm-hmm. Um, people will it ask may me, resonate with us? That's right. That's right. People will ask me, was I? Did I have a past life in Egypt? Was I Cleopatra? And I'll laugh and I'll say, which one? Which Cleopatra? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the other thing about that is that. Egypt is full of crystalline sand. And so everything that those ancient Egyptians thought or felt or did is recorded inside those crystals in the sand. And when you walk there, you can feel it. You can feel that, oh, yeah, this is someplace I know. I don't know how I know it, but I know it. You know. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of you, your own personal DNA that's attached there. That's how the light crystals work.
1: No. on that note, we're going to stop. <laughs> and okay. Where can everybody get your book and get hold of you?
2: Okay. Um, you can get my books at Amazon uh, or from the publishers, both of them. Uh, uh, Awakening Osiris is uh, www.com. That's Red Real Wiser is the publisher. And the angel book is Inner innertraditions.com. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, so you can go there. You can go to my website, uh, normandyellis.com. Uh, and if you want to go to Egypt with me, two ladies travel dot com. So those okay, are my links. Okay, that sounds links. great. Okay,
1: thanks so much for being on and and introducing us to the deep um, with the deep dive on angels.
2: Oh yeah, Barbara, it was great. Thank you for yeah.
1: inviting me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being on. Bye bye. Okay.